Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, there's got to be cash flow. And rule number three, you can't get rich slow. Uh, what do I bring those up for? Well, besides the fact that they're the basis of my entire uh, investment career and success, I just want to bring you back to the fact that Yesterday, I posed an article, or actually, it was just an email from a guy who said he didn't think interest rates were going up. Uh, he thought instead the Fed would just collapse the money supply and make money very hard to get and slow down the speculation that way. I have no problem with that argument. Uh, I also would like to make the argument that interest rates are probably going to go up also. And it could be a combination of those two effects one, the, you know, shutting down the money supply or tightening the money supply, and also, at the same time, raising interest rates. The combined effect uh, might be what you would consider an overaction. But today, I want to share with you a couple articles that I've read, and I've been just researching this stuff, and I found some stuff I think is interesting. Now, why would I bring this out to you? Because at some point along the line, we've got to know how to invest in real estate, right? And in days in the past, days in the future, days all the time, you have to make sure that you're doing it the right way. But at some point, you have to look for that black swan event. What do I mean by the black swan? That's that one thing that changes everything. It's going to turn the market around. And I hate to predict markets crashing because you just don't see it. I mean, we've been going now since 2008. So that's 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. That's 14 years this market's been going up. No market has ever gone up more than like eight years, nine years at the most. Most markets go up for four or five years. That's the typical cycle. But this market has gone up for 14 years now. So, is it due for a black swan event? Absolutely. So, let's take a look at this. The guy yesterday's email said mortgage rates wouldn't go up. So, I quote from January, late January 2022, mortgage rates surged to a pandemic-era high. Following a steady, mild ascent at the end of last year, the growth trajectory of the 30-year mortgage rate became much more extreme in January. The rate climbed more than 40 basis points over the span of a few weeks in mid-3% range, nearly realigning itself with the late 2019 measure. Upward movement is likely to continue in the coming months amid indications that the Fed Reserve will attempt to rein in a record-level inflation. A higher cost of borrowing is already altering potential home buyers' decisions, uh, and four-week moving average of the mortgage purchase applications dropped by 12.6% relative to the volume a year ago. So, a 12% drop in mortgage applications from a year ago. Now, think about this for a second. 
What does this mean to the economy? What does this mean to job creation? What does this mean to increase value of your assets? It's all pretty leery. So let's take a look at this next article, which is a a pretty crazy thing. It says labor shortage. There's 10.9 million job openings and only 6.5 million people looking for work. 4.4 million people job to employment shortage. How does that affect the economy? How does that affect real estate? So think about it. Nobody's going to work anymore. They say that they thought people stopped going to work because of the um, all of the government money they were being handed out for staying away from work. But the last stimulus package from the U.S. government, federal government, was a year ago. The last unemployment package ended eight months ago, and people still aren't going back to work. So why are they not going back to work? Well, according to this article, millions of people have retired this year. Now, why have they retired? One, because COVID. Two, because of the government's insistence that you have to get a shot to go to work or wear a mask or get tested. Three, because people need to stay home and take care of their sick relatives, caring for others, either younger kids because there's no school, so now they have to stay home and homeschool their kids, or older people that are sick that can't go into nursing homes because they got COVID. The last thing it brings up is net migration. Net migration from out of the country to the U.S. should be just over the top up, right? With all these people they're letting in over the border, net migration's down 77%. So there's no new people to take these jobs. Now, when you listen to all of these things, what does that do to the economy? It's like a giant headwind. We're, we're trying to go into a headwind that's saying, slow down. You're not going anywhere. You got nobody that wants to work. Hence, if nobody's working, what happens? Offices are not being leased, not being used. Retail has no employees, so retail sales is going down. In fact, hours are being cut and slashed for openings, what time stores are open. Hotels have no staff to supply, support people that want to travel. Uh, landscaping is almost impossible to find a landscaper right now because they're all super busy. And construction is almost impossible. Why? There's no materials. Two, there's no laborers. So, with all of these things being a part of GDP, what do you think is going to happen to GDP? It's going to slow down. When GDP slows down, what do you think is going to happen with the rest of the economy? Well, everything is going to be affected. People are going to stop spending money. The net savings rate will go up. The spending rate will go down. And all this big bump we're getting out of this pent-up desire to buy coming out of COVID is probably going to stop at some point. So I've got an article here that says, uh, is real 
rate of inflation double the number we just have been given. And I'm going to read this because I can't say it any better than what they say it here. And so I'll try to read it in articulate matter so you can understand what I'm saying. It says, I warned you that inflation was going to get worse. Last week, we learned that the consumer price index was 7.5% higher in January than it was a year ago. We are being told that this was the highest reading since February of 1982, and that sounds really bad. But it isn't exactly honest, because the truth is that the way inflation rate is calculated has been changed more than two dozen times since 1980. Now, I know this to be true. I've realized that they were changing what they were calculating for inflation to make it less possible for the inflation rate to go up. So, the stuff that's really important, they're not counting anymore. So, it goes on here and says in the next paragraph, so we are going to compare the rate of inflation today to historical numbers. We should actually be doing an apples-to-apples comparison. Fortunately, there's someone out there that takes care of that math for us. According to John Williams of shadowstats.com, if inflation was still calculated the way it was back in 1990, the official rate of inflation would be above 10% right now. And if inflation was still calculated the way it was back in 1980, the official rate of inflation would be 15% or above 15% right now. So think about that. Think about how high. We're being told 7.5%, but what they've done is they've changed what they're calculating it on. And in 1980, at 15%, they, they got scared and wanted to change it so they could make it better. They're trying to get the numbers better, and they got them better by changing the way it was calculated. And that brought it from 15% down to 10% in 1990. And then in 1990, they changed it again, which brought it down to probably like 5%, 4%, 3%, 2%. And by the way, the government wants inflation to be at about 2% a year. But now that they had it jacked back down to 2% or less, actually it was down to 1%, now it's back up to 7.5% on the new way of calculating. But if you go back and calculate it, like they said, on the older methods, it could be as high as 15% in those methodologies. In other words, using the same methodology that the government used in 1980 would give us an official rate of inflation that is more than double the official number that we have just been given. Wow. Many have compared the current crisis to the Jimmy Carter era, but the truth is that we are now surpassing anything that we witnessed back then. On her Twitter account, Washington Post columnist Heather Long shared some specific numbers from the inflation report, which shows where American consumers are being hit the hardest. And I don't know if you remember this back in Jimmy Carter days. Some of you aren't old enough to even remember them, but there was gas lines. I remember cars lining up to get gas wrapped around the block. Two hours. And when you got up there, there was a limit to how much you could take. I think they had a like a maximum of 10 gallons or something like that. So what about the what's being hit hardest right now? Right now, used cars are up 40.5% year over year. 40% higher than last year for a used car. You want a car? 40% more. Gasoline is up 40% year over year. Rental cars are up 29%. Utilities gas up 24%. Hotels up 21%. Furniture up 20%. Bacon up 18%. Steak up 17%, and peanut butter up 15.5%. Can 
Can you even imagine that? Moving on, pork is up 14.5%. Fish is up 13%. Eggs is up 13%. New cars is up 12%. Electric is up 11%. Chicken's up 10%. Oranges are up 10%. Now, if you just listen to these numbers for a second, 40.5, 40, 29, 24, 21, 20, 18, 17, 15, 14, 13, 13, 12, 11, 10, 10. How does that average 7.5%? Do you not understand the government is lying to us right now? Each and every one of these items, the most important items out there, are over 10% and as high as 40%. I didn't bother to average these. I should have averaged them, but I bet the average has got to be 20, 25%. Of course, the way we used to calculate it, it would have been 15%, higher than it ever been. So why is nobody complaining about this? Because the Democrats have control of the news. NBC, CNBC, ABC, CBS, all of the chicken soup numbers, soup letter news programs, won't tell you the truth because they don't want to make the Dems look bad. Although right now, 63% of the Americans out there that were polled last week said they don't believe that Biden has done anything of value since he became president. Even in their own party, 70% of Democrats want somebody else to run in 2024 because they don't want Biden. If they were being honest, if 70% of the Democrats don't want him and all the Republicans don't want him, And then you got libertarians like myself that are in the middle. We're not Republicans. We're not Democrats. And we don't want him. So what do you think is going to happen to the Democrats? They're seeing it. That's why they've started to lie. They're now saying they never said defund the police. They're now saying that crime is important. Yet there's some of them that were still holding out for letting people out of prison with zero bond and allowing murder after murder after murder to continue. When we come back, let's discuss how this impacts investing. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it. Although in the back of their minds, they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you. But some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals. And you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. 
Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing what's happening to our economy and we're talking a lot about inflation. We've got another article here that says, according to the Labor Department, energy prices overall are up a whopping 27% over the past year. According to the Labor Department, energy prices alone are up 27%. Now, remember, they're saying we only have a 7% inflation rate right now, which is obviously a lie after what I just told you in the last segment, right? goes on and says, the Labor Department reported that gasoline prices have skyrocketed 40% over the past year, while natural gas has surged 22% and electricity is up 10.7%. A gallon of gas, on average, costs $3.47 nationwide. Thursday, and according to AAA, up from $2.47 a year ago. In California, gas prices are well over $4 a gallon. In all, energy prices have climbed more than 27% over the course of the past 12 months. Again, how can that be 7% inflation? A lot of people expect that this new energy crisis will just be temporary, just like the energy crisis was in 1970 was. But this time, it's very different. As we discussed previously, easily accessible energy reserves are steadily being depleted. And that means that we're going to become increasingly dependent on energy reserves that are more costly to extract. Not only that, we're at the potential beginnings of a war with Russia and maybe a coal war with Russia. And we're running out of fuel. So how do we fight a war with no fuel, with no energy? These people are cornering us. And Biden and his people are pushing us into a corner where we're going to be destroyed and the country could be taken over by another country now. Boy, I think that's going to happen. I sure hope we're not having gone that cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs that we'd let that happen. But there was a book I read a long time ago called The Mouse That Roared. And this book was about a little island out in the Pacific somewhere that decided that it was going broke and it was in starvation. It didn't know what to do. So it decided to attack the United States, because every country that's ever been to war with the U.S., the U.S. then gives them tons of aid. So they got a bunch of little ships together, and they attacked New York City, pulled into the harbor, and to their surprise, there was nobody to stop them. There's no military there to stop them. It was just people in the streets screaming and yelling, and there's no guns in New York. It's not like Texas. They would have come to Texas. They would have got their butt kicked. But there's just liberals who ran away screaming and yelling and surrendered. And pretty soon they had control of New York. And so after New York, they marched on District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., and they took over Washington, D.C. And within just a few days, they controlled the country. The mouse that roared. Little Island with a miniature army took over the whole U.S. You know how Joe Biden ran from the last conflict he was in? You know how he's setting himself to run from the conflict he's looking at now. Every Democrat out there knows, and this isn't just Republicans say this, Democrats say Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of every political decision about the world, about all politics having to do with outside the U.S. He's been on the wrong side of that decision. Every decision he's been around, ever since he's been in Senate, Congress, vice president, now president. He has no, no natural sense of how to deal with the rest of the world. Now, he'll fight Americans. He'd be happy to put Americans in jail, just like Trudeau. 
I mean, the Canadian people, can you understand that they're taking their own people, their good people, and putting them in jail because they don't want to wear masks? That's the way fascist Democrats work. Now, again, I'm not a Republican. Don't get me wrong. I was here yelling and screaming when Trump was doing stupid stuff. But I am a normal person that thinks logically enough to understand that we're headed into a problem here called inflation, maybe even stagflation. Goes on and says, in addition, major financial institutions have become extremely hesitant to fund projects that have anything to do with traditional forms of energy. They don't want to be seen as contributing to the global warming effect, and so they are focusing on funding alternative energy. But alternative energy sources are not producing enough to keep up with global demand. So we are now facing a major crunch and isn't going to go away. In fact, it's only going to get worse. On Thursday, Joe Biden purchased or promised to work like the devil to bring gas prices down. How is he going to do this? He already ordered a very large release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And that was actually a very stupid thing to do because we're going to need those reserves. The cost of food continues to rise very aggressively as well. According to CNBC, one way that Americans can cope with this is by eating less meat. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I had to laugh. CNBC, eat less meat. The world's coming to an end. Eat less meat. Meat and dairy tend to be the more expensive items at the supermarket, especially of late. In response, aim to make more meals that don't rely on them. Unbelievable. CNBC. Eat less meat and dairy products. Using meat sparingly as a flavor, like adding a bit of bacon to a mushroom risotto, is more economical. (sighs) Consuming less meat also helps you lower your environmental footprint. Hey, if you'd say it for the right reason, 60% of Americans are obese. Eating less food overall would be a good thing. So let's just starve Americans because 60% of them are obese. But wait, that's their personal decision. Just like a woman has the right to choose. Abortion or not abortion. Democrats, yes. Obesity, yes. People have a right to choose. So we'll choose for them. We'll make things so expensive they can't afford anything. Then they won't eat it. Of course, Biden realizes that the ordinary Americans are becoming increasingly frustrated. But he is assuring us that we will make it through this challenge. Biden said that inflation was a momentary thing. It was going to go away very shortly. He either lied or he has no idea how economics work. On higher prices, we have been using every tool in our disposal. And while today is a reminder that Americans' budgets are being stretched in ways that create real stress at the kitchen table, there are also signs that we will make it through this challenge, Biden said in a statement responding to this report of inflation. Unfortunately for Biden, the American people are increasingly losing their faith in his leadership. In fact, CNN just reported on some new approval numbers that are absolutely dismal. Six of 10 Americans disapprove how Joe Biden is handling his presidency, with most of that group saying that literally nothing Joe Biden has done has been effective since he took office. 60% of Americans. Now you realize 40% of Americans are Democrats, 40% of Americans are Republicans, and 20% left over are in the middle. They're the ones that actually have enough voting power to outvote one or the other party. So if you've got 60%, you've got those logical people, people like myself, that are in the center. They're not swayed by political alignment to this crazy set of people or political alignment to this crazy set of people who just look at the facts and make a decision based on the facts. But no, most people vote. 
their emotional attachment to some degree to the right or the left. And they think that everything the right says is correct and everything the left says is correct. And the bottom line is, is that people might be worried that the government is going to come back and create too much tightening. But the reality is, is that they did that back in the 80s when they had inflation rates that were this high or a little less than this high. And they learned their lesson that over tightening was a problem also. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to start by pushing the interest rates up a little bit, tighten the amount of volume of money out there, like the gentleman said yesterday in his email, and they'll just start chipping away at it. The bottom line is what they're looking to do is to curb this runaway inflation. But the reality is, is that the Fed has held interest rates down so low. I mean, come on, guys. When I grew up, interest rates were 12% during the tightening era, 12 to 15 percent, and they came down to 9 percent, and everybody thought that was the normal interest rate. When they came down to 6, we all thought we died and went to heaven. When we went to 5, we were refinancing everything we had, everything. When they went to 4, we were buying everything and overpaying for it. When interest rates went down to 3, we were way overpaying for stuff. And now interest rates 25 to 3 percent, just we're overpaying for everything. And it's, it's got to come back and bite somebody somewhere. You can't just keep increasing the cost of things forever and ever and ever and ever, unless you can. And the way you can is by inflation. Inflation works it all out to where you've increased the cost, but the cost and the value have really gone down because inflation has made everything worthless. So the Fed wants inflation at 2 percent, unemployment at 2 percent. Unemployment now is massively high. I mean, it's 4 million people out of 400 million people. That's about 10% of unemployed people out there. And, and that's with people not even wanting to go back to work. That's not even a demand. And you've got interest rates now that are truthfully, in real terms, closer to 15%. So I think it's ultimately that they're going to have to tighten stuff up, and we'll see. I'll, I'll let you know when I start seeing what it's doing, what effect it has, because right now people are over, overpaying for stuff. I'm looking at real estate, people are overpaying for it. I, I bumped out of a couple deals in the last month because they just, ridiculous price. I'm willing to pay too much, but not too much over too much. And that's what they're asking. After we all made offers that was too much, they came back and said, let's do a best and final. And somebody went, too much over too much and just got crazy. So let's look at another situation. Let's look at what happens when times get tough. What happens when times get tough is that people start becoming slumlords and it's happening again. I've seen it. I've even seen it in some of our own people, our own members. When all of a sudden you can't get materials for repairs, you can't find labor to fix stuff and Tenants aren't paying you because the government said they didn't, you couldn't evict them. What does the landlord start thinking? Well, if I can't evict you and if you won't pay, I'm going to stop fixing stuff. And they become slumlords. And once they get into that cycle, now their property's in bad shape or worse and worse and worse shape. And they can't raise the rent. And eventually they can't even lease their units. They start cannibalizing stuff out of one unit to put it in another unit. Okay, I, my stove broke. Okay, I'm going to take one out of the vacant unit and give it to you guys so you have a stove. And they cannibalize the units, and then they can't rent them at all. Where it would cost three or four or $5,000 to put a unit back online, they say, I'll just leave it. So what happens? Well, 
Here's an article I thought was interesting. For years, residents of this complex, many received federal rental assistance, have experienced a lack of proper heat during winter months, air conditioning in summer per month, hot water year-round, and other life safety issues, and the city said in a news release. So think about this. This is government housing, or if the people are getting government housing, which would be Section 8 housing, government is supplementing the, the rental income, right? Which means they were part of the I can't evict you syndrome because the government said anybody who was getting government housing couldn't evict anybody. So what happens? They just stopped providing the product. The city said it was repeatedly engaged with the owners in developing long-term solutions to these problems, but recent incidents leave residents without heat for days and sewer lines backed up for weeks, compelled the city to take action. The city expects all landlords to provide safe and sanitary conditions for the tenants, said the city manager, blah, 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 blah. The action taken today is a necessary step to seek improvement living conditions for the residents. So what did they do? Here's what they did. Thursday, Mesquite, Texas, the city of Mesquite said it had tried to get permanent complex improved conditions for its residents, but on Monday, February 14th, the city announced it is now suing Hillcrest Departments. There you go. Now you're going to get sued, then eventually shut down. Throw this into all the negative stuff we talked about today, and I see 2008 happening again. I see a situation coming where I'm licking my chops. I'm literally licking my chops right now. You can't see it on the radio. And I'm saying to myself, yes, go broke. Run these things into the ground. Let the government screw up the economics. Let it all go to disaster. Why? Because in 2008, I tripled my net worth in two years. Made millions upon millions upon millions. Now I have more money to invest, so I'll make even more millions upon millions upon millions. Why? Because when everything goes to potty, the people that know what to do will come in and clean it all up. Turn it around. They'll vote out the Democrats. The Republicans will buy everything, fix it all up, put it back out there. And those who know how to will get rich. Those that don't know how to will teach. And those that don't know how to teach will end up becoming legislators to try to keep everybody else from doing it and teaching it. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.